Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Hey everybody, it is Drags Mike Petralia back with you for another episode of Red Sox Beat on the CLNS Media Network. My old friend Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub is joining us once again to talk Red Sox and finally the start of the 2022 season. Of course, uh, follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth, all one word. Lo and behold, we have a season to talk about. It's underway. The Red Sox dropped two of three in New York to the Yankees. They dropped that kind of ugly, depressing game to watch on Monday in Detroit after the rain delay before maybe 500, 1,000 people. Red Sox lose that uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning. The Tigers score twice. Uh, Red Sox drop that contest by a score of three to one. They are one and three on the season. Of course, they started 2021 a season in which they won 92 games, losing three games to the Baltimore Orioles. So let's not panic yet. I'm not saying we're going to do that, but we are going to talk about some of the pluses and some of the minuses in the first four games of this 2022 campaign. And first of all, Alex, I want to get your impression on why you think the bats have started in a bit of a slump. I mean, I, it feels like that's always the case, right? And I don't know... You know, I'd like to say, oh, well, there's a shorter spring training and that's throwing guys timing off. But you see it around the league that teams are hitting. Right. So right. I don't think it's a it, it's not like it's the oh, well, no, nobody's hitting. So whatever. It's just guys got to ramp up into it. It feels like it's hit the Red Sox the worst. I saw the stat last night. I believe it's they're hitting 174 as a team, which ranks 29 out of 30 teams. So it's not it's an anomaly. OK, uh, let me jump in there. The yeah. bigger concern. When you rattle off a stat like that, that to me is pretty arbitrary. They started two for 21 with runners in scoring position. That is more alarming to me than the overall batting average. I hadn't seen that, but you're right. That's, you know, when you add that context, I think that's a a more important number to look at. It's tough to tell, you know, they haven't had Trevor story in the lineup. Who's supposed to be one of their bigger bats, but he started, does he have, I don't think he has a hit yet right before he got sick. Uh, it's a good question. I can double check real quick, uh, um, but continue talking and I'll get back to you on that. It's just, I, I don't know if it's the shorter camp. I don't know if it's, they're playing in the cold. I don't know if it's, they're doing all these weird things with the lineup, like that lineup you had yesterday. It's Arauz, it's Travis Shaw. It's guys you're not expecting to be in the starting lineup. Right. Um, I think part of that, uh, Alex is to get guys feet wet collectively so that they're not waiting a week or two as the season is underway to finally 
uh, get some game action. I think that's, and a lot of managers do do that. By the way, Trevor Story, one for eight to start the year. That's okay. a 125 average. He does have the a one hit. It was a double. Um, so uh, that's it for Trevor Story so far. So, yeah, I mean, it's almost like we haven't seen enough of it to really judge. I don't know that they've gone up against amazing pitching. I mean, obviously you got Garrett Cole, but they hit him well. Garrett Cole's like the one pitcher they hit well this year, right? Oddly enough. So it's it, it's hard to really put your finger on it right now. It could be any number of things. Uh, let's uh, talk about uh, the game yesterday. They, again, leave a lot of uh, runners in scoring position and uh, can't get the big hit when they need it. Um, it was good, though, to see J.D. Martinez finally leave the yard. The first hit of the day uh, in the top of the fifth inning uh, was a home run from J.D. Martinez. Uh, it's good to see that uh, for the Red Sox. They're going to need his bat uh, throughout the season. And I think this is a team, once the weather warms up, we always say this, Right. Uh, once the right. Uh, weather warms up, uh, they're going to hit uh, the starting rotation. The pitching staff in general, I'm still concerned about it. The, to me, without question, the number one concern coming into the year was the rotate uh, was the pitching staff. Um, people will debate whether or not it was the pitching, uh, the starting rotation or the bullpen. I would say both. Uh you know, you you've seen Nick so far. You've seen Nick Pavetta, Nathan Avaldi, Michael Walker, uh, who pitched on Monday in Detroit, and Tanner Houck. Um, you know, I I liked what I saw from Tanner Houck, uh, even though he did give up six hits and three runs uh, on Sunday night. I, I like what I I'm going to stick with Tanner Houck. I'm a Tanner Houck guy, and then we're going to see Rich Hill uh, on Tuesday uh, in Detroit. So. You know, that that starting rotation is what it is. It's five warm arms. But I don't know until Chris Sale gets back, who's going to really step forward. Yeah. And I like I like how too. I just he's not consistent enough for me to really lynch pin him in there. I think he needs to be more. He needs to be more consistent. You talk about what you're more worried about the rotation or the bullpen because they do this opener thing and they have got some guys in that rotation that aren't going to eat innings. And there's some guys that could pitch bullpen or start like it's both. It's all tied together. To me, they have one to two legitimate big boy. Got to have it arms on the roster right now. Garrett Whitlock is one unquestionably. Yes. I think Garrett Whitlock's the best pitcher on this team. That extension was outstanding. I, think I still agreed. Yeah. I still think he should be in the starting rotation. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to, and I, by the way, I'm only going to say it louder if, and when Chris sale comes back because I think Chris Sale should be the closer. But um, after that, I think between Avaldi and Hauk, between the two of them, you have one front-end starter. They're just both so inconsistent right. that are they both going to be that guy at the same time? I don't know. So I call them each a half. So 15 pitchers on the roster with this expanded roster, right? 28 players, 15 pitchers. You got two guys that you feel really good about. That's not enough. That's not enough. And look, I know the bullpen actually – statistically pitched okay through the first four games, but man, did you feel good with Jake Diekman out there? The guy's nickname is grinded out as they told us over and over again on the broadcast. I didn't, you feel great with Ryan Brazier out there. How did you feel about Hansel Robles out well, there? Pointing at the I, sky? Okay, like, back up. Like, we we, we got to slow down. got to slow the old okay. Alex Barth train down as it's coming through the stockyard. Um, if you watch Jake Diekman on Sunday night, right? Yeah. He went one, two, three through the heart of the order, striking out the order. That was, I, I don't know how you expect him. 
I don't know how you expect him to be any better than that. The concern with him is the fact that he's 35 years of age. And, you know, you bring up his numbers here, and I've got them right here. Um, Diekman is somebody that, you know, he's 35, as I said. He's been in two games, and he's in an inning in a third. He has three strikeouts. He has the one walk. He's given up one run. It was unearned. I think he's somebody that, you know, he's a left-handed arm that is um, going to give a different look to that bullpen in the back end of the bullpen. They need somebody to step forward. How do you read Cutter Crawford so far, Alex? He's encouraging. I, I like what I've seen. Like, so when I say they have two legitimate got to have it pitchers, I don't mean everybody else is a bum, but it's this kid's still really young, right? He's, he, I think he debuted last year very briefly, but he's, he's new to this and, you know, in that spot with Diekman, right. And I like them going to the veteran there. I'm not saying that was the wrong move. How is a, you know, what is he? 25, 26 year old hasn't really pitched in the majors going to handle that. He might be 28, but I just Cutter Crawford, Cutter Crawford. Yeah. He's 26. He's 26. Okay. How's he going to handle that spot? Right. How's he going to handle that big spot? If he gets up there and there's, you know, it's, it's Aaron Judge, it's, it's Giancarlo Stanton, it's Vladdy Jr., right? Um, how, is, how is that moment going to go for him? So I like what I've seen so far. I think they have guys who can pitch. I think it almost reminds me of what the Patriots receivers have been for the last few years. They've got professional caliber talent. I don't think that there's a lot of guys in that bullpen that don't belong in the majors, but – you don't have that linchpin guy. You don't have that guy you can lean on. You don't have that guy to have a guy outside of Whitlock who's not might be the closer, but that's not the best role for him. You need him pitching multiple innings, right? So that's, that's where my hangup is. I like, they've got some guys that I like. I, I like Phillips Valdez. I like some more. I think they can both get you a couple outs in the sixth or seventh inning. If you need them. Right. I like Robles. I think Robles has shown an ability to come in and get outs, but not consistently enough. All these guys, they either don't do it consistently enough, they have injury problems, or they're just so young that you don't know what it's going to be like when the lights really get turned on for them. There's not one guy besides Whitlock that I feel like, yes, put him in, the game is in good hands. Like every, There are a lot of close games, right? Whether up or run, down or run, whatever, right. over the last four days. And outside of when Whitlock was in the game, you're holding your breath because you don't know what's going to happen. That's that's more what it is for me. It's the unpredictability of the bullpen. I think there's potential. I think they have some guys who can pitch, but it's just it, it seems like a very volatile group. Like for instance, you talk about Diekman, right? I have Diekman's numbers here. You go back to the last few years. Last year, three eight six ERA in Oakland. The year before that, oh four two, very good, although only in twenty one innings. Before that, four six five, four seven three, two five three, three forty four oh one. He comes and goes. He comes and goes. You don't necessarily know what you're getting with him. And they found pitchers in their mid to late thirties before and turned them into, into studs. We all remember Koji. That's kind of a one in a million. I don't know that Diekman's going to be Koji, but at the same time, they've done this before. We yeah. just don't know. And that's what makes it so scary. All right. Garrett Whitlock. I think, you know, you, you referenced it, uh, them, you know, locking him up for a four year extension this year. He's making $720,000. After this year, four years, $18.75 million. To me, that's a steal. And 
I give all the credit in the world to VP of Baseball Operations, Baseball President um, Heim Bloom. 1.2 million next year, 3.5 the next, 5.5 in 2024 and the final year of the deal 2025 seven and a half million dollars don't you think that's a steal it really is it it i mean for a top end pitcher and again all the more reason you got to put this guy in starting rotation that money for a top end starter is unbelievable we don't know that he's a top end starter yet i he's 26 yeah, but he has the potential to be he has the potential to be Okay. I think you have it's to. At least, I think you have Alex. to at least find out. I think you have to at least find out. Uh, but yeah, no, it's. I'm sorry, I, not not to dig back in my own narrative. You're right. It's it's whatever he ends up doing. Even if he's a closer, what did what did Barnes' extension go for last year? That was what twelve per. I, I think. Have it here and just give me one minute. Keep talking, okay, I know, Matt I, Barnes. I, I got I, it. I did. It was two years, eighteen point seven five million dollars uh, for this year and next year with an opt out in twenty four. Yeah, I did so much. I did all the research I need to for the show, clearly. Um, yeah, you look at that money, and Barnes was obviously an all-star closer last year when he signed that extension. He fell apart in the second half, but the ink was already dry at that point. <laughs> Whitlock, last year, was an all-star caliber pitcher. He didn't get in, but, I mean, he had a one-something ERA. He's, was, his strikeout ratio was enormous. Like, that's – to compare those two deals, it's an absolute runaway steal for the Red Sox. I'm surprised Whitlock signed it. Um, now we kind of see the other also, but it will, you know, we hear about Red Sox lowballing their own players all the time. Maybe this is why, because one in every 10 times, one in every 20 times it works. Right. But great deal, you know, to go from a rule five guy coming off Tommy John to, to getting, you know, we talk about it being short money. That's in MLB terms for Whitlock. He's set for life now. So you got to be happy for him for that. Given where he came from, where he was just two, three years ago. So no kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, no I, I thought it was a that. great contract. Excellent job by Bloom. And I think it's it can go up to six years, right? There's two option years. Uh, that is correct. I don't have the numbers yeah. here on that. Um, no, I don't have the numbers. I'm not going to project That's something nice. I don't know about. I just okay. don't have it in front of me. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, great job by Heim Bloom. Um, they've got pictures in that bullpen and on the rotation that project as good i just don't know if they're going to be good enough in this division and i think toronto is going to be just a monstrous team this year and to me they're the favorites to win the division that's not really breaking any news i think the yankees if they're healthy um we saw over the weekend what they're capable of doing they have just as much uh explosiveness as any team in baseball any impressions uh from you on the yankees over the weekend yeah, I, I don't know that I was as wowed. I they were old. That's an old team. They, I, it, not to this extreme. They kind of remind me of the Lakers. There's a lot of names we know as good players, but are they still good players? Like DJ Lemayu has not been the player he was right. four or five years ago, right? Garrett Cole has been. He's still at times you see those flashes, but ever since the spider tack thing, it's been an issue for him, right? Um, Rizzo obviously always hits well against the Red Sox, so like down the stretch last year, he wasn't great. Uh, we'll see what Joey Gallo is. So I think they, they kind of remind me of the Red Sox where the potential's there. It's just, I don't know if they can do it consistently enough. The scary thing for me is 
if they are going to win, they're going to win hitting the baseball, right? Because when those guys are on Gallo, Rizzo, uh, the, the whole Yankee line, like they can right. hit. Stan Judge, thank you, duh. Um, the the Jays, obviously, they can they can hit the crap out of the ball too. The Red Sox are designed to win games eleven to eight, and in a division full of teams that are also trying to win shootouts, that can that can get a little rough. And the Red Sox probably have the worst bullpen of the three teams. That is the one thing I'd say the Yankees have definitively over the Red Sox. They have a better question. And and that was the irony of Sunday night is the Red Sox bullpen outperformed the Yankee bullpen, not by a lot, but enough uh, to make a difference. By the way, it sounds like Aaron Judge, um, they're not going to extend him anytime soon. And that's he's going to hit free agency. No, why, why would they? Teams don't extend good players in Major League Baseball, apparently, except the Pirates out of nowhere. Cabrian Hayes, the first time ever spending money. I love that deal. Smart oh, deal by too. Pittsburgh. Good for the fans to actually get to see a player hit the age 30 in their city. When's the last time that happened? Joey Votto, Cincinnati. Well, no, I was saying in Pittsburgh. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, boy, go back to the old... Um, the uh, the lumber company days. You have to go back that far. I can't remember right. last time. Even when, even in Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla days, um, they didn't extend their their players. Obviously, that's why Barry Bonds left for um, the Giants. Right? No, they've never. Like I've, I've my brother went to school in Pittsburgh, and he kind of pseudo follows the Pirates, and he was explaining this to me that they just don't. They, they don't keep any homegrown talent. If a player's elite, it's not even that, oh, they keep one here or there. There's nobody. I just looked it up. McCutcheon played his year 30 season in Pittsburgh and then got let go. So they got to see Andrew McCutcheon just barely turn 30, and that was it. So I'm happy for those fans. Brian Hayes is a good player, too. So Eventually, they have to get things turned around. And in Pittsburgh, they're hoping to do that with their pitching. He is Alex Barth. He does a great job covering all Boston sports for 98.5. The Sports Hub, you can follow him on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth, all one word. Playoffs are in full steam for pro hoops, and MLB is also back in business with opening day happening uh, last week and the season fully underway. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your very favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and yes, easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back with Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub. We're talking contracts. You know what that means, Alex. We got to bring up the number one story uh in red sox land over the weekend june lee uh reported this for espn.com uh, right around opening day actually right on opening day uh last week and that was the fact that uh apparently xander bogart's not pleased with the red sox and he is looking for elite shortstop money and the red sox priority is rafael devers None of that surprises me. Not anything that I just uttered in that sentence surprises me. You? 
No, no. And look, they, I, I think that they should try to bring back both. If you have to pick one, it's Devers. It's obvious. Yes, I don't He's think significant. that's any question. Just yeah. based on so, the I, I think Trevor Story signing was the writing on the wall. Again, it would have been cool to have all three. You add Cassis to that, you might get the best offensive infield in baseball for four or five years, whatever it may be. We talked about this last time I was on. I, I, I think they should be able to sign both. There's no other big contracts on the horizon. Like Cassis might be the next one. And at that point, Bogart's deal might be over. But right. I, yeah, if, if they have to prioritize one, it's Devers. That being said, they have to sign Raphael Devers if they're going to let Xander Bogarts walk. You can't lose both. No. And Raphael Devers is off to the kind of start that Red Sox fans would like to see. One home run. He's got two doubles, five hits overall uh, in 16 at bats. He's hitting 313. Uh, his OPS is 978 through four games, whatever that means. But um, I don't think there's going to be any slowing down. One thing I did notice. Um, and we saw it on Monday again. Raphael Devers has some range now, especially to his left. And that play he made uh, in the middle part of the game on Monday was very, very impressive. And, you know, if he can make those plays, then absolutely he gets his wish of wanting to stay at third base. Yeah, and I think he looks trimmed down a little bit. So I, I wonder if that was a focus for him in the offseason, just at, you know, becoming a little more athletic, being able to move around a little bit easier. Yeah. If, he, if he's going to start fielding like that, he, he might, he, he's going to break some records with that contract. Like it's, it's going to be something special. So he's 25. Uh, that's what I, know. I, you know, that's the key to it it's, all. Right. It's going to be, so you can give him a 10 year contract and he still might come out of it. A potentially top free agent. We see guys play well till they're 35, 36. Now I, I just, I don't see how you can't pay them. There's, we, we talked about this last time I was on, right? The Red Sox like to throw that company line out there when they're going to make a move and, and let everybody know, right? We heard with Mookie Betts, it was the, the draft picks. We're starting to hear now with Xander that they're worried about his defense. I was talking to somebody over the weekend about this. They said it might be Devers weight. But like I just said, I think he's lost weight. So I asked, Rob Bradford no about, line. I asked Rob Bradford of WBEI okay. uh, this last week on the Red Sox Beat podcast. And he said, well, last year he reported to camp in even better shape than he is this year. Uh, and he's made an effort uh, to certainly trim down. And he knows that the conditioning is a big part of what he needs to improve upon uh, as part of his game. And I think he was serious about it. And the other thing Rob mentioned was you're going to be able to now with the pandemic pretty much in, in the rearview mirror and us getting more access uh, in the clubhouse and being able to go in the clubhouse and talk to these players, you're going to be able to get an idea of what these guys are doing day to day to keep themselves medically, uh, mentally and physically in the game. Right. So again, there's, there's zero reason. There's zero reason to not pay Raphael Devers, whatever he wants. He's, well, he's going to be worth it within reason. I mean, are you, are you talking, he's not going to get Mike Trout money. He's not going to get no, Johnny money, but highest paid third baseman in baseball. I, that it's feels realistic. I mean, we'd have to, I should have done more homework coming into this podcast. Uh, but who are the highest paid third baseman in baseball? Well, Jose Ramirez just signed that new contract, right? Yes. Five years, $124 million. And I mean, he's significantly older. 
But and but Rafael Devers is getting more money than Jose Ramirez, right? Well, see, he's so ten years. I mean, I I think ten years, three hundred million at least. Yeah, I I think that's ballpark. I think that's you know, or even eight years. I think Devers probably would take no less than uh, eight years guaranteed on on his next contract. That would put him at thirty three. Correct. Yes. Well, I think the question is, does he want to hit free agency again or does he want Correct. And in different places? Some players feel differently about exactly. this, right? He may want 10. He may want 12 years. He may say, I don't want to. I just I want to be locked up. I want to be good forever. Or he may say, you know what? I'd like to hit free agency again in my early 30s and I don't want the long term deal. So and I, I do either way, whichever way you keep him here for a long period of time. Uh, Anthony Rendon is currently the highest paid third baseman in baseball. He's making thirty six million dollars. That's a lot of This guy's going to be an MVP candidate, Devers. If he stays healthy, he's going to be an MVP I agree. And, you know, if that's the case, then and, – and, and if you're the Red Sox and you want to save some on the AAV, the average annual value of that contract, I think you're going to have to, like, give him a long, long-term deal and see if, you know, Devers and uh, will bite on it. Right. The other thing is Rendon, I'm looking to see when he signed this deal. I think it was somewhat recently. Yeah. So he signed that deal. It was seven years, $245 million. He signed that at age 30. Boy, that's a lot of dough. Devers, I mean, Devers is 25. Devers is going to get more, it, more than that. I think gonna, you're it's right. It's going to be a record-breaking contract. It's I gonna think be it's going to be 10 years. Because 10 years, $300 million is probably very close to the ballpark that Devers is going to be looking for. I would perhaps that give him 30 million a year. And, and what's Rendon getting 36. So 30 million a year is actually underpaid. It might be more like 10, 350, 30 million dollars a year with time with Machado. He'd be the third highest paid third baseman. In I'm baseball. not saying he's Pablo Sandoval, but I think <laughs> in the back of the Red Sox mind, they privately would tell you if there's one concern about Raphael Devers, it's his weight, it's his conditioning, right? I mean, are are, are we on the same page there, Alex? Yeah. Well, so hang on. So here's the we are. I'm um, I'm digging into this. So here's the here's the comp because I was going to say how many guys with the way teams manipulate service time, how many guys really become free agents at 25? Manny Machado at 26, 10 years, 300 million. Yep. And he was. He was a comparable player. He was in the MVP debate. Yep. I think he had he won one at that point. He might have. I don't know. No, but he'd been a multi. He'd been a multi-time All Star at that point. A Silver Slugger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I that's, think that's a great I, I think comp. It's, right. It's somewhere between there. So there is a little bit of a drop off here as I'm looking at it. It's ten years. Rendon's twenty-five. Making, yeah. So. Nolan Arenado is making 35 million a year. He's the second highest paid. Machado's making 30. He's the third highest paid. I think somewhere between those two. I don't know what that Rendon contract is. That feels like a like an outlier. I think I'm missing something in here, but oh, it's backloaded. That's why. That's that makes sense. Yeah. So Somewhere between thirty and thirty-five million a year over ten years, I think, is the deal for Devers. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the the Red Sox are gonna sign him, maybe even before the end of the year, to a ten-year, three hundred and twenty-five million dollar deal. That's that why sounds right to me. Yeah. What? I was gonna say ten three thirty. 
All right, 33 million. What, what's an extra 5 million amongst friends, huh? Well, for the Red Sox, that I could see them getting caught up in that, but they shouldn't. Uh, they, uh, if they want to keep Devers, they're going to have to spend. And I think that is absolutely the sign that that's the end of uh, Xander Bogarts in Boston. I don't think there's any question right. about that. It'd be interesting to see whether or not the, the Red Sox decide to move on from Xander sooner than later. That's the next discussion you have to have, right, Alex? Yeah, well, so, I mean, supposedly he doesn't want to talk during the season. I know that's kind of a negotiation. No, tactic, but I mean, but, would the Red Sox move on? Would they trade him? Oh, not during the year. I, I think you got to keep him for the extent of this year. Bogarts, maybe. If they're struggling. No, no, no. Like, I meant Bogarts. Oh, sorry. You 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 cut out for a second. The internet sorry. No, no, no. I guessing. meant. Don't blame your, your crappy headphones on, on, on the well, quality. It's your internet. Question. It's your internet. Okay. Um, okay. I could, I no, could I meant it. Bogarts. I, I, I think would they, would the Red Sox d- decide to move on from Xander Bogarts sooner than later? I think they could under the right scenario. I, I think the right scenario is the team is struggling. I think for them to trade Bogarts this year, Trevor Story has to be playing well because we know how PR conscious they are. The spin has to be there that, well, we have, yep, that's we, fair. We, we can move on because we have our next shortstop, right? If Trevor Story is still hitting like a buck 80, which I don't think he will be come July, but let's say he is, they can't, they won't do it because they don't have the guy. And then I don't know, they'll figure it out in the off season. But I, I think there's a, a situation that happens. I do think they'll be better than that. I think they'll be at least in contention come the deadline and they won't move Bogarts if they have a chance to win it because you got to capitalize on the team you have right now with this window, especially since you could lose Bogarts and Devers, but I, it wouldn't be the craziest thing that's happened. Or, you know what? Let me take that back. Okay. Even if they aren't contention, even if they aren't contention, if they really need something, they move no more when they were in contention. Yeah. And I, now that's, that's now multiple GMs ago and decades ago. But the other thing I would say about that is Nomar was starting to lose value very quickly, very quickly. And I think they saw that Xander Bogarts is not losing value. I think he's still a premier top five shortstop in baseball. Very much so. I mean, he's, he doesn't have the range of some other shortstops. He's not, you know, Correa by any stretch, but he's still a very exceptional um, talent in this game. And I, you know, think they would like to hold on to him. But uh, if the right situation came along and they were in need of something and they felt like they could restock their uh, bullpen or they could restock another part of their lineup that was really uh, failing, uh, perhaps a first baseman, perhaps an outfielder, who knows? Right. If they felt like, or the at a starting picture, obviously, uh, if they felt like they could do that and it made sense to them, I think they'd consider it. I'm with you though. I think it would be hard for them to move on from a, a Xander Bogarts in the middle of the season. Yeah. I, so I will the old Belichick thing, right? Move on a year too early versus a year too late. They traded Nomar when he was 30. Bogarts is 29. And I know you said like Nomar maybe was losing value. He was hitting 321 when they traded him. And I, I, I don't remember this as analytically because I was 10, but he was hitting 321. He was slugging 500. He had, well, he didn't have a lot of home runs, but he had a lot of extra base hits. Um, if they, like you said, they need a starting pitcher. They need a, an outfielder and Trevor Story. By the way, out of the ball. What, yeah. what did Nomar do after he left Boston? 
his numbers dropped off precipitously, didn't they? He had one good year. So he was okay with the Cubs. He hit 297 the rest of 04 after the deadline. He had 283 the next year. He was an all-star that was his first year in LA. He hit 303 with 20 home runs, 93 runs driven in. And then it pretty much dropped off from there, 283, 264, 281 that one year in Oakland. But he's playing 50 games at that point. Right. Um, his, he kind of pulled a Drew Bledsoe. Remember, Bledsoe went to Buffalo, was a right. pro bowler one year, right. and then it just sort of – so they missed one year. They missed an all-star year in Omar, which all things considered was probably about right. Again, I, I'm reading off the stats. I don't – there might be other context here I'm missing. I was 10, but yeah. Anything else on your mind? You want to talk about, uh, want to hit on with the Red Sox that I failed to address here? Why do they have one night game in the first two weeks? I, that's a great, I'm guessing it's because of the weather and uh, it's because of in Detroit, um, they figure that, uh, you know, the, the fans would come out because the, there's a day game on Tuesday. There's a day game right. on Wednesday which is very odd. And then they, you know, they had a five Oh five scheduled start, but of course the rain pushed that back more into a traditional evening game on Monday. But um, I think they want more kids coming out or they want more fans coming out to the games uh, during the day because they don't, you know, feel like they're going to draw as much at nighttime in, in downtown Detroit. And then of course the Red Sox have their opener and that's always been an afternoon game and the weekends right. they're going to try to have, uh, during the day because it's warmer. I mean, and they know that a lot of these games uh, in April can be very cold, especially if it's at night. So that's my long-winded answer to your questions. So on, I like it. I, I like, because to me, baseball is the ultimate like background sport. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. I just, that's how I enjoy baseball. I'm doing yeah. work. I have it on in the background. That's I go fair. to lunch. I have it on in the next room, whatever. Like that's how Always I like been watching that baseball. Right. So, I, I like having it. It's funny. I either like the day games. I actually love the 10 o'clock games. I do because 10 a.m. Yeah, you mean 11 a.m. 10 p. No, 10 p.m. Oh, oh right. I love the day games and I love the 10 p.m. games because there's only like a handful of people watching. You're all on Twitter. It feels like you're watching together. There's always one that goes 14 innings and you pride yourself on staying up the whole time. Seven o'clock starts. Don't do it for me. That's why. the one. I don't know. You're like a 12 yeah. year old talking baseball. Exactly. That's why I, I love I, having you on Alex. I sports like a 12 year old. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. I still have my no more bat. I still have my metal no more bat that I bought a week before he got know. traded. Yeah. Well, um, that's it. You're all, you're all done with me for the week. Am I? Yeah, well, I'm just giving you your forum to say, ask, ask me any questions or you want to get something off your chest, Red Sox related or not Red Sox related, your choice. How'd the Reds start? Uh, they have started pretty well. Uh, two and two, a split of uh, series in Atlanta against the defending World Series champion. I'm going to tell you all, everybody watching this podcast, get to know Hunter Green. He yeah, is more than just a great baseball picture in the making. He is what the face of baseball desperately needs. And when you watch Hunter Green talk, you're going to think one person, and that's Tiger Woods. Same demeanor, same confidence, um, 
and he's got that same family support behind him, he is something special. Get to know Hunter Green. He is not just a great talent, 101 miles an hour, easy on the black, you know, on the on the corners. Uh, but he really has a way about him that is incredibly unique. So get to know Hunter Green. Yeah, I I I forgot that he made his debut. I'm, I'm ex- I, I like if a pitcher throws 102. I don't necessarily care if it's accurate. If a pitcher throws 102, I'm into it. Um, Amir Garrett, right, former Red. Yep. Uh, Jordan Hicks, another one. Um, anybody like anybody throws gas like that. It sounds like Green can control it as well. So that's yes. super fun. Um, yeah, I'm kind of into the Reds this year. I not as much as last year because I was a Castellanos guy, but cool uniforms, cool ballpark. They got a so. couple of players I like. I'm a big Colin Moran guy. So, yeah. And he had a big hit on Sunday in there, went over the Braves. Um, he played third base, by the way. And I will tell you this, their owner, Bob Castellini, it's opening day here as we record this in Cincinnati. That is a civic holiday in Cincinnati. It is, you know, obviously baseball's first professional franchise dating back to 1869. And they celebrate it in style here with a parade and all the, all the trimmings, if you will. Uh, but Castellini took a lot of grief for essentially trading away Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez to Seattle for a pitching prospect and letting, as you mentioned, Castellanos walk in free agency to the Phillies. I didn't hate it as much as a lot of fans who love to hate on the Reds because they haven't won like the Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. The Reds haven't won in a long time now as well. And a lot of fans are clamoring for Castellini to sell the team. This Reds team is going to overachieve and I think surprise a lot of people. I would keep my eyes on this club if I were a baseball fan looking for a team to follow kind of under the radar in 2022. All right, there you go. Yep, uh, that's my uh, diatribe and my uh, soapbox uh, address for this edition of Red Sox beat on the CLNS media network. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our great guest as always the inimitable Alex Barth, follow him on Twitter at real Alex Barth, all one word. Also as always want to thank our great sponsor BetOnline.ag. for Alex Barth. I'm Mike Petralia, and this has been the Red Sox beat podcast powered by CLNS media.